From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Total SF, Beth Spotswood. Thank you for having me, Peter. I said that kind of like a question, and I, I want it to be a firm statement. Welcome, Beth Spotswood. Um, my movie buddy, but not watching too many movies lately. Right. Um, wh- what's the last movie that you've seen? The last movie that I saw was Knives Out in the theater. The last I'm assuming this is a in the theater question. And um, it it's the only movie that I've seen in about two years. Because the movie that I saw previous to that was A Star is Born. And I saw that at the Westfield Mall. And I was eight and a half months pregnant. And I needed to be helped out by two men because I was so hysterical. I mean, I was so emotional. And I didn't know about the ending. I didn't know about the traditional ending of A Star is Born. Yeah. So I lost it. Anyway, that's the that's the second to last movie I saw. And then I had a baby and I couldn't go to the movies for a very long time. And uh, for Knives Out, I hired a babysitter and went by myself. And I got kettle corn, which no one else likes wow. in my circle except for me. I got my own Diet Coke. I didn't have to listen to anyone's chatter trying to talk to me about stuff. Um, it was beautiful. And then coronavirus came and I haven't been able to go to a movie since. I remember that era when my kids were really young and that date night seemed like everything. Um, and I also remember like when I was a teenager, I saw everything. Um, I think you were kind of the same way too. We're going to pay tribute to your go-to teenage movie theater, the Corte Madera Theater. Closed since March, but the Marin Independent Journal is reporting that Cinemark is closing the theater. The land's owned by Scandinavian Design, so probably not coming back. Um, Beth, you have a few stories to share with us about the, uh, the, the Corte Madera Theater? I do, and I'm so excited to share them because you asking me about this. You know, the weird thing about the Corte Madera Theater is, like, since, you know, you and I have started talking about it, I hadn't, you know, thought about it. Um, but getting to do so recently, it's been like, oh, yeah, that happened there. And um, there's been a few of those. And yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a few of those in my childhood. Excellent. Well, I will look forward to that. There's two interviews in this episode, one with Jason Snell, a technology writer who founded the Incomparable Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, It's a podcast and a network. He took time from his Apple event prep to talk about the theater. And then I'm back with Beth, who will tell stories and pay tribute to the Corte Madera Theater. And Beth, before we do that, Alta, you're the digital editor. I absolutely love it. I love having it in my hand. I love checking it out online. What is Alta and how can people get it? Uh, Thank you, Peter. Alta is a quarterly magazine um, that is published by Will Hurst, my friend and yours. Um, We are a literary journal focused on California and the West. We have the coolest writers, photographers, poets, contributors. I was just so, so proud of this endeavor. It's, we're about three years old. Uh, AltaOnline.com is where to go to check out all of our work. Um, we're doing online author interviews and we've got all sorts of kind of fun stuff going on. So we're launching a book club. Um, I'm proud of it. Thanks for being an early and consistent supporter of Alta, Peter. I love Alta. Um, I'm glad it's still going. I've been checking it out through the pandemic. Um, love what you're doing. 
Jason Snell and Beth Spotswood coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Jason Snell, known for your coverage of Apple and its technologies, but you also own the Incomparable Podcast Network. And with the podcast The Incomparable and Vulcan Hello Right Now, which I'm binging, you may be the human being I hear the most in my head, other than family members. Welcome, Jason Snell. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me visit to talk about sad things. Yeah, well, we're going to end it. I found a way to end it happy, I think. So just know at the end, um, there's, if not a silver lining, just we're not going to go into full depression. Um, We're going to talk about the Corte Madera Theater, RIP. But I know you grew up outside the Bay Area. What was kind of your first theater, first theater experience, first theater that you were regularly going to? So I grew up um, in Sonora. And so we had a, what was the twin cinemas, and then eventually it became the Cinema 5 because they expanded and added three more screens. And that's literally where all the movies were in Sonora. I was a little bit too young. We used to have a second theater in Sonora called the Uptown Theater that was sort of at the top of uh, of Washington Street, for those who know Sonora Geography, up by the Red Church. <laughs> but uh, And my brother, who was six years older than me, he would go to movies there a little bit. But they shut that down, and the, the Chain Theater, the Twin Cinema, and then the Cinema 5 took over. And it was... You know, the back when it was the Twin Cinema, those two screens were pretty big, and those those were uh, that was a, a real event to go uh, up there and see it. So I didn't really experience other movie theaters other than that until high school, where we did some uh, well, we did some field trips. I remember going to the Clay Theater with my AP World Lit class to oh, wow. see to see John Huston's movie The Dead. Um, you know, so we did a few of those sorts of things where you get a field trip and, and go to San Francisco and see a movie or something like that, just to, to broaden our perspectives from growing up out in the, out in the country. Well, I I wanted to ask, you're a fan of movies and there's the movies themselves, but how much does the theater inform your movie going experience? How much are your memories tied, not just to what was on the screen, but the process of going there, being there, and the theater itself. I I think they're connected, uh, but it's funny. I think that you can have a memorable movie and a not memorable time at the movies, and you can have a memorable time at the movies with a not memorable movie. Both of those things can be true. And if you can get them both, that is magical. And so I have, you know, I went to uh, Alamo, Alamo, Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas for a friend's bachelor party. And we saw Avengers Infinity War. And like, that was so great because it was a memorable movie, but it was such an incredible experience because Alamo Draft House is one of these movie chains that's really trying to make the experience as intense and happy and, and pleasurable as possible. And there are other great movies that I've seen in generic uh, the movie theaters, and I remember the movie, but I don't remember anything about the theater experience. So I, I think you can separate them, but boy, it is magical when you can put them together. Yeah, my, my like, just I fell in love with movies when my parents dropped me off at the Arlington in Santa Barbara to see Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I had no interest in seeing. I was, I think, eleven years old, and and was really into Star Wars, and I was like, well, if it's not in space, I'm not interested. <laughs> 
Um, and then it just absolutely blew my mind. But I remember the theater as much as the experience. And it was the first time I was alone in a theater. So it's just such a pleasant experience of independence. Um, but yeah, I, I just, these theaters, you know, you mentioned Alamo. I mean, uh, we have our own Alamo now in San Francisco, the right. new mission, a theater that was like this beautiful, I don't know if it's art deco, I don't know what the design was, but it's in the middle of a city block and no one even knew it existed. And then just it suddenly shows up. And I, I just find San Francisco and the Bay Area, especially even with all we've lost, there's a lot of kind of magical destination theaters as well. Yeah, it's for sure. I had a friend who um, worked at the Bridge Theater for years and th there was this era in the even through like the 80s and into the 90s where um every San Francisco neighborhood seemed to have their own one screen movie theater and that's m mostly lost now but that was kind of magical that you could go you know like I said you go to the bridge or the clay or the castro it, there were there were these little outposts where movies happened and you know we have lost that and I understand why because um as a consumer right you want to be able to see it when you want to see it and in a convenient location and with a big screen and all of these things. Like I get it, but it is also a thing that we've lost. And sometimes the loss makes more sense. And other times the loss is just frustrating and you don't understand why it happened. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, segueing into our topic, um, this is going to be a, a multi-part question here, but when did you move to Marin County? What's the theater scene like there? And where did the Corte Madera Theater fit into it. All right. Multi-part question. Um, I moved to Marin in 97. I lived in the East Bay before that. Um, and I very quickly learned the lay of the land for movie theaters. Back when I lived in San Ramon, we could just walk to the movie theater in Crow Canyon. But when we came over here, we lived in Tiburon and then moved to Mill Valley. And there was a little theater in Tiburon and there's one little theater in Mill Valley. But we very quickly realized that if you wanted to go see a big blockbuster when it opened, uh, there were that you could go to the mall where there were fifteen screens, or you could go to the Corte Madera Theater, where there's one screen. And so showtimes are limited, but it's an enormous theater. And and immediately we heard. I mean, the first uh, winter we were here, we went to the food court at the mall in Corte Madera and sitting at the next table was George Lucas and his daughter taking a break from doing ho holiday shopping to have some <laughs> clam chowder and a bread bowl from Bodine, right? Like it was like, welcome to Marin County. You're really there. But the, immediately uh -huh. you hear that that theater was George Lucas's favorite theater and the preferred theater of all the people who worked at Skywalker Ranch and people who worked at ILM and that it was the the mecca of of Marin County theater because it was so old school because you could have a huge group go there they had you know revival screenings of, as part of the mill valley film festival because there was enough of room in the front and the lighting was such that you could have like a big crowd and then have some people at the front uh, do a presentation and then roll the movie like it was not like all of the other kind of little corporate shoeboxes that that you find in in movie theaters i will also say uh, the truth is Marin County's theater scene is really sad. Um, mm -hmm. I have friends in other parts of the country that have lots of stadium seat theaters and reserved seats and IMAX theaters. And I know we have some of those things in the Bay Area, but apparently the people who do theaters in Marin County think that if you want to have a good theater experience like that, that's, not, that's something out of the 21st century, you should go to San Francisco 
And I have, I love San Francisco, but the idea of going across the Golden Gate Bridge just to see a movie when there's a theater, you know, just down the street seems a little bit weird to me. And as a result, Marin has, uh, I think we might have one theater with reserved seats now. I don't think we have any stadium seating. We don't have any IMAX theaters. And so that Corte Madera theater was as good as it got. It could have, even though it was a relic from a past time. And in another circumstance, it would have been carved up into like three small screens or something. <laughs> yes, it that's remained the best because there's nothing else that approaches it because there are no other modern movie theaters in Marin. Yeah, and it it was really a, a um, kind of the I don't know what the last dinosaur was. I'm not going to be able to make the comparison, but <laughs> I mean it was it was from the '60s, so it's past all the Art Deco period. It was kind of the last of the times when they made single screen theaters. Yeah. Um, I think uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey I read was the first movie that played there. Um, and yet it was big and cavernous. And I mean, it, it was sort of in this middle ground that um, people people save the Castro, people fight to save the Balboa. People aren't fighting quite as hard to save, you know, the Stonestown, which is a theater like you described, but has been twinned. My one growing up was the Hyatt, which was a fantastic theater. It was built well. The sound was good. It was sort of had this quasi-stadium seating and probably made around the same time as the Corte Madera. And those are the theaters that I think are kind of quietly disappearing and we're not really noticing it. But it's, it's, it's kind of a category of theater that's not built to survive. Yeah, I think so. It, it's funny. There are people in Corte Madera that have, have tried to save it. The, the challenge is that the, for those who don't know, the Corte Madera Theater is right on uh, 101 in a mm. very busy, popular commercial and residential part of Marin County, of Southern Marin. And so that, that land has got to be worth a fortune. And <laughs> there have been various speculators over time who have bought it. The most recent Scandinavian Designs, the furniture uh, furniture, uh-huh. furniture company, they bought it and were planning on building like a flagship store and headquarters there. Although the city of Corte Madera seems to be kind of not that thrilled with the idea. I, I, All of us have this dream in the back of our heads that what's going to happen at some point is that somebody mysterious is going to sweep in and say, no, I shall take this land and I shall construct upon it a new theater. But I think it's just, that's the that's the shame of it is like, everybody wants to save it, but you know nobody has the money to buy a prime piece of real estate like that. And so it's been lim- in limbo. I can't tell you, Peter, how many times I have gone to a movie there wondering if it would be the last one um wow. we all of the all of the new star wars movies the like the opening of the force awakens was such a magical experience there because it's you know marine county kind of the home of star wars and george lucas and and we definitely had that feeling there he, people dressed up kids adults huge long line to get into this theater because it's only the single theater so you end up with this giant line and then the whole line moves in and then the <laughs> yeah. new line forms it's great uh, but we were like, is this the last one? And it turns out I saw all three of those new Star Wars movies there because um, it never was never was quite the last one. And that's the real shame of it closing permanently during COVID-19 is we never even got a chance to stay, say goodbye. I always expected there'd be that story that's like, well, this is it, folks. It's your last chance to go to Corte Madera to see a movie on the big screen because it's going to close at the end of the year. So come to this last blockbuster because it's all blockbusters, right? Like there's one screen. It's literally the blockbuster. And then in two weeks, it's gone because the next blockbuster is there. And we never got that chance. So I don't even know what the last movie was that played in Corte Madera, but it was just whatever happened to be playing in March when they shut it down. 
Yeah, I, you know, you, you mentioned, I, I went out and shot photos there, and I love theaters, and I'm not a contractor, and I'm sitting there going, like, yeah, you could put two Ikeas here, you know, <laughs> you could build a condo complex, I mean, yeah, the chances of its survival long term, I, I would put pretty low, too. Do you remember the last film you saw there? Oh, wow, I, I mean, I'm, my guess is that it's going to be uh, whatever blockbuster I saw in December. I mean, it's probably uh, Rise of Skywalker, but um, it's something like that. It's I don't even know. I was trying to think of what movie was the last movie I saw in a movie theater, and it was probably Knives Out, which I didn't see there. I saw at a different theater, a different boring theater in Marin. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that was the place. Again, I've seen lots of theaters. There are some really nice theaters for small movies. Uh, uh, the Mill Valley Theater on on Throckmorton is great for that. The Mer- the Raffel Film Center in Santa Fe is a great um, little complex with art films and all of that. But the Corte Madera Theater was the go to uh, Marvel movie, Star Wars movie, Pixar movie, like just the big releases that you wanted to see on the biggest screen with the biggest sound. You would prioritize that, even if it meant going at a weird time and, you know, not going for the 3D showing and going at, a, at 10 a.m. to see the <laughs> Avengers Endgame or whatever, like all of those things you would prioritize in order to get into that theater. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to do uh, eulogies. Um, I'm, I'm actually putting together a project for the Chronicle called The Irreplaceables, just with a, a series of places in the Bay Area that are gone, and we're categorizing them so they're in one place. It sounds depressing. But I'm doing thank you notes. So I wanted to ask you, uh, as, as a final question, uh, do you have a, 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 a thank you note, oral thank you note, for the Corte Madera Theater? Yeah, I do. In in this era where you can have a giant 4K HDR TV screen with surround sound in your house, we've entered an era where for most movies, you can have, depending on your equipment in your house, a pretty great movie experience with the lights down in your own living room. So the thing I'm thankful for for that Corte Madera cinema and my thank you note to that that experience is that's the experience that reminded me just what it's like to have a truly spectacular, enormous screen and be in a room with hundreds of people and have a live theater-style experience with a movie. And I realized that used to be much more common. But as somebody who you know grew up in the 70s and 80s with chain theaters with small screens... Honestly, I didn't get that experience very often. And the Corte Madeira Theater, like, that's, to me, the counter-argument. Something like that or something like a, a uh, an Alamo Draft House is the counter-argument to sitting in my living room. Because, quite frankly, my TV's really nice. And my speakers mm-hmm. are really nice. A <laughs> lot of movies just, uh, you know, I don't need to bother leaving my house, which is good because I can't right now. But the Corte Madeira Theater was a movie theater you went to not because it was the only place to see a Marvel movie and you couldn't see it in your house, but because it was the best place to see a Marvel movie or a Pixar movie or a Star Wars movie. And that's the thing I'll miss about it. But I'm so grateful that I got to have that experience and that my kids got to have that experience and they get to line up surrounded by people dressed up as Spider-Man or as Stormtroopers (laughs) or whatever and go into that giant theater and get their popcorn in the little lobby and have an experience that was truly spectacular 
so that the movies aren't just a thing that you watch endlessly on your iPad. Well, that is very well put. And, uh, and I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for all the podcasts and we'll have movies again in our future, but we're going to be missing a few places and and I appreciate you coming on and and just, uh, sharing some memories. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was glad I, I, you know, I live in hope that some miracle will happen and that theater will be reborn in some form or we'll get another good theater in Marin at some point. But, uh, failing that, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad people are speaking up as something as having that be something they miss because I, I definitely feel that way. It was a it was one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Peter. We'll be right back after this short break. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Beth Spotswood, I bonded early with you because we don't just love movies, but we love the theater-going experience. Um, people always made me feel weird about going to movies alone. And I remember one of your first blog posts was about going to a theater by yourself. And I immediately thought this, this Beth Spotswood person is someone I'm going to be friends with for many years. And lo, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I also think of you as, you know, Marin County, Mill Valley, Corte Madera, Corte Madera Theater must have been one of your regular haunts. Um, was that a place you were going from a young age? Absolutely. I can't tell you the first movie I saw there because I wasn't paying attention. Um, but the Corte Madera Movie Theater was a is a big was a big movie theater in Marin County, particularly during the late eighties and nineties, because that's where like Lucasfilm and Skywalker Sound. souped that place out and I'm sure you have the details on like all of the THX sound that they had there but it was a very (laughs) big deal at the time I have all the specs okay okay well (laughs) like I mean Buzz was that George Lucas himself had like deemed this his theater and it had the best sound and it's really I mean it's not a glamorous theater but by today's standards it's you know kind of dumpy it's it's one big movie theater just one Thing. Big drapes, big like beige and maroon drapes. Not it quite smells. stadium seating. Seating, it's kind of sloped a little bit. Yeah, sloped. Old school '60s theater, but yes. but there was some magic inside. There was some magic inside, and it was. It's because of this sound quality. It's where everyone seems to go for opening day movies. And so we would, and it's, it's, it's the place that got the big opening day movies. In Marin, if a, if a movie was playing at Corte Madera, then it wouldn't be playing anywhere else immediately around. You'd have to go to like Nevada or San Francisco to get that same movie to another theater. So the Corte Madera movie theater had one movie, but it's the big movie and it's on opening day. And so my first, the first that I could movie that I can really remember seeing at the Corte Madera movie theater is Ghostbusters 2. 
It's important to note that this is Ghostbusters 2. It's 1989. I'm 11 years old, and it is sold out, which means that you have to sit next to a stranger. Uh-huh. Most That's the most important thing to remember about a sold-out movie theater, is you are not sitting... There's not an open seat next to you. Yeah. There's your brother here and a stranger. <laughs> and it's a really big deal. Ghostbusters 2, because Ghostbusters 1 was such a sensation... Uh Ghostbusters 2 was a BFD. Yeah, I remember the anticipation for Ghostbusters 2 was through the roof. Um, And there wasn't, like, advanced buzz like there is now. Like, you kind of know whether something's going to be good or not based on who's involved and maybe some advanced word coming out. None of that. Like, I assumed Ghostbusters 2 would be bigger and better than Ghostbusters. The Empire Strikes Back of Ghostbusters. Sorry, so I did the gentleman. You. <laughs> well, the gentleman next to me. If it wasn't you, he felt the same way. He was. If I was eleven, he maybe was twenty, which was terrifying um, because he wasn't a dad age, but he wasn't a kid. I felt so that it, and it was terrifying, but slightly exciting. I was eleven, so it was slightly exciting, um, and everyone was pumped. I mean pumped so we got there of course early because it's sold out and it's not reserved seats so i and i of course went with my family uh so we're like right in the middle like center middle the whole place is packed we still got a half an hour to go and like people are doing chants um it it was really a, a community vibe going on of just ghostbuster enthusiasts and as the lights go down <laughs> 20-year-old next to me stands up on his chair, on his movie chair, stands up and starts screaming, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, <laughs> as loud as he can. And I was like, yes, this, I mean, it was like a football game. <laughs> I would later learn. It was awesome. And of course, Ghostbusters 2 is an exceptional film. <laughs> so it was just like an all-around grand experience. I, I saw Ghostbusters 2 at the Hyatt Theater, which was very much like the Corte Madera. It was in Burlingame. It was where the big stuff came. And I remember I went with my mother, which was fine. My mom's cool. But I was older. I was like 18 or 19. And I remember it was so bad in the first 10 minutes that we went next door to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Just like 10 minutes in. And we both 2? agreed to this. What are you talking about? Ghostbusters 2 is fantastic. You're really? Oh, I thought you were joking. You love no, it? No, I'm not joking, Peter. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't want to get... Carpathian? What? Yes. I don't want to get in a me? fight. I, I don't want to get in a fight with you over Ghostbusters 2 when, when we're... Um, when we're honoring okay, well, the Court of Madera Theater. But. Let me just... I'll, my brother is going to watch this and come kick your ass. <laughs> okay. Um, that's interesting. I, like that surprises me. Although it surprised me that you didn't like the movie The Game, and low like a few months later, <laughs> yes, you make it's it. It's like my favorite movie. I'm writing right. tributes to it in the Chronicle. So maybe so. you might want to <laughs> check yourself <laughs> maybe and I might rewatch come Ghostbusters. You and your mom. <laughs> I need to watch it again, and chances are good someone is going to see something on Twitter where I come correct. Well, and also. I mean, you're 18 or 19. I mean, I guess clearly not with the same enthusiasm as the guy next to me. But is it really directed? I was 11. Exactly. So, like, it really... I was the target audience. But, I I mean, I still watch it. I still enjoy it. 
Court of Madeira, I, I think now, like, I think especially the younger generations are going to have grown up in theaters where they're all recliners and maybe there's 80 or 90 seats and even a big theater. Court of Madeira was like six or seven or 800. And as you mentioned, packed together, you're getting to know your neighbor. A little bit of a different theater experience, at least in, in my memory. Yeah, and there's no like organic snacks. Yeah. Even in Marin, there was no, you know, um, it was junk and like, and like dusty junk, you know, no one was curating the snack area. It was a real, you know, scrappy movie theater. Okay. So my other, another like very exciting opening night experience I had there and perhaps the only other real amped opening night experience was Mrs. Doubtfire in 1993. San Francisco classic. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the hype. It was a big movie already, Robin Williams in his prime, but it's also a San Francisco movie. Yeah, well, and Robin Williams, if you'll remember, went to Redwood, which is just, I mean, like you hop over from the Corte Madeira Theater. So Mm. it felt very local. And... So I don't think I went to this one with parents. I think this was a drop-off. Oh, wow. And Yeah. And then I, I would have been 15, so maybe I got myself there by myself, like, or, you know, with friends or someone else's parents dropped us off. But I was with friends. I was cooler at this point. And, um, but it was still, you know, we went. I'm sure I went with my brother. And it's packed, packed, packed. And all of a sudden, before the movie starts, there's all this buzz. There's something, something, someone is here. And it moves, the buzz moves its way through the gigantic theater of mostly tweens and teens. I mean, it's like all kids. And there's a celebrity in the house. <laughs> and it was Taryn Noah Smith, who played the youngest son on Home Improvement, which at the time was a big deal. Yeah. I don't know if he's from Marin or what he was doing there, but it was a he's very random... He's not in Missed Outfire. No, no. No, but it was like announced. It was like someone went up on the speakers and said, this guy is here. No, 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 no. It worked its way through. Oh, it was oh, like, gotcha. who's here? Who's here? Who is that? Who is that? It's the guy from Home Improvement. It's the youngest. You know him. Um, And anyway, I just, as we were getting ready to do this, I looked him up. I was like, I mean, that's the only reason I know who Taryn Noah Smith is. Mm-hmm like a three-namer from the late early 90s, um, is because he was at Mrs. Doubtfire on opening night at the Corte Madera Theater, where everyone in the world seemed to be. I mean, it was just... it. Could it be any more happening? There is a Hollywood superstar in our <laughs> presence. And he came in through the emergency exit. I mean, like it was... He had a equally sized entourage. Like, there were all these little short boys mm-hmm. around him. And I was at, you know, 14 or 15. I was still six feet tall. I was, I was the adult in the room. And um, it was just, it was thrilling. Not that I watched Home Improvement. Um, and I just looked him up and he's like, had nothing but trouble. Oh. Sorrow and tears. Oh, that's too bad. I hope I know. that wasn't the reason. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that it was. Do you have a third uh, Corte Madera? I do. Um, okay, so my last fun memory at the Court of Madera Theater is not on opening day. This was a matinee, again, Christmas time, and I was very nearby is the Town Center Mall, 
mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a less exciting mall than the village, which is across the freeway. But it is the mall that my friends and I had access to when we were in fifth or sixth grade. We were we were on foot and it was the middle of the day. I think we were off school probably for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we were at Cordomdera Town Center because I, at the Long's Drugstore or whatever was there, the drugstore, I got my grandma a huge thing, a gigantic, really tacky bottle of bubble bath as her Christmas gift. And I was like thinking ahead that I was going to get my grandma. And then I had to carry it around. I mean, it was like a gallon of bubble bath that I had to then lug around. And we walked over to the Corte Madera Theater to see Scrooged. I'm going to say 91, 92 Scrooged. Yeah, I want to say like sixth grade. So yeah. 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 And we sat in the front row. There were six of us, all girls, and we sat in the front row and we had all of our crap that we had bought. Everything's, you know, a $5 item, but a million of them. Um, and we sat in the front row and the, it was sparsely, att- there were maybe, you know, 30, 40 other people in the theater. It was, you know, two o'clock on a Monday. And um, we lay out, I mean, we were horrible, horrible, crappy 13-year-old girls or 12-year-old girls, really obnoxious, really loud, giggling, sitting on the ground, like feeling really just being entitled. I mean, I would have them kicked out now if I were an adult <laughs> in there. And um, at the end of Scrooge, so it's a big, there's a space, There's it's carpeted, or it was, like disgusting, filthy carpeted. And we're down on the carpet, like thinking we're all cool. Um, and there's so there's a lot of this carpet in between the front row and the screen. And we're down on the carpet, and at the end of the of Scrooge, during the credits, if you'll recall, Bill Murray has everyone sing, um, put a little love in your heart uh-huh. at the end of the movie. And at one point, he says, and you, in the front row, making all the noise during the movie, it's your turn to sing, put a little, and we, I mean, died. We oh were hysterical. God. You know, and when you're 12, though, it's different. I, I, I agree, like, something switched in me where I wouldn't even have sympathy for those 12-year-olds. But I remember seeing Footloose and, like, dancing in the aisles, which was a horrible sight, I'm sure. I was probably around the same age that you were with Scrooged. And uh, and that's kind of one of my fond memories of the Fashion Island 6 oh. theater. So. So Corte Madera, it sounds like you you remember the theater along with the movies. Um, what do you say about it now? Were you preparing yourself for it to be gone? And um, how are you feeling about the news that it's almost certainly um, you're not going to be able to see another movie there? I mean, I guess it's sad. You know, I drive past it all the time. I've, I lived in the city for 20 years and I just moved back to Marin. And so I drive past it all the time. There's always like one it has the big sign out on the freeway of what movie's playing there and what it's rated. And mm-hmm. um, it's always one and it's always gigantic. It's like the Avengers or, you know, whatever the big, big movie is that you want to see huge. But I haven't been, I mean, we've kind of been spoiled by fancy yeah. movie theaters and I haven't lived here in so long that I haven't been in a really, really, really long time. And I remember it, as exciting when I was a kid, um, but it's less exciting to me now. And it's, yeah. you know. 
So I'm not doing eulogies. I'm kind of doing this more as thank you notes to these businesses that have gone away. Do you, do you have a few closing thoughts, a thank you, anything for the Court of Madera Theater, anybody who might be listening who was a manager there or sold you some dusty red vines? Oh, man. Or Thanks for not kicking me out. I really <laughs> deserved it. I really, really earned an 86 from that place during Scrooge. So I'm grateful that that didn't happen. Um, though perhaps it was necessary. Um, one of the things that I remember about that theater and driving past that theater, which you need to, you drive past the, the what movie pl- is playing here sign when you're on the freeway. But if you're on, um, was it Tamil Vista, which is mm-hmm. the entrance of the theater, you've got to drive past it to get to Book Passage Bookstore, where I go all the time now because the magazine I work for, Ulta, does lots of events with Book Passage, um, or to the DMV is right there. So you have to, in, in living around here, you, you drive past the entrance often. And there's no, when, you, when you're, there's only one theater, and so they don't let you inside unless you have a ticket. So there's always, even for 20 people going to a movie, a line. Mm-hmm. I, I, all I remember is just like gathered waist bomber jackets waiting in line. Like that's, <laughs> and the, it's really exciting to see the line go all the way out the front door. It has an awning. It has like an old, my grandmother would call it a porte couche, like an old awning <laughs> over the stairs in the front, like real class. And then there's a, it goes around you. If you're in line, you go around the side, down the long path to the parking lot in the back. And that's where the line would wrap around. And even driving by and seeing a line, it's just, I, it made me nostalgic for like the Ghostbusters two nights, the Mrs. Doubtfire nights. I'm like, Ooh, packed Corte Madera theater. Um, so Corte Madera theater, if that was the last movie that you saw there, um, uh, how do you feel about that? Are you, are you okay with it? I mean, I guess I, I would, I would want those kinds of experiences for my son. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of a, another theater around here where he would get that. And it's, I mean, what is, you know, old school and funky to us will probably be different to your kids and my kid. You know what I mean? Like, so perhaps I'll have a different sense of like, you know, what a movie theater experience is like. And, but I would want him to have that kind of like funky, um, I wouldn't want him to get kicked out of a movie theater, but <laughs> definitely those opening night. And there's so many kids movies is the thing. So I would definitely want him to have that. Um, and I can't think of another place. But that big hundreds of yeah, that seats exist. and the chances are that you're going to see someone from your soccer team or from your drama. For sure. Play you're definitely going to see someone from soccer, basketball, swim team. Yeah, what that's, what, that's what I think is missing. And there's no theater like that in that immediate area. So I hope it, hope it somehow comes back. But if it doesn't, it's a loss. So Alta... Uh, you are the digital editor of Alta. I have loved Alta since it came out. Um, we have loved a, you for saying so on Twitter. 
I, I, I was an early subscriber. I know. It's, it's big. I don't get a lot of magazines anymore, and I love Ulta all the much more for that because it's big. It's not like it's been all the magazines get cut down smaller and smaller until they're like TV guide. This is a big magazine with great layouts, and every time I get it, there's a new writer who's someone I really like that I haven't seen in a while. So I just wanted to plug Alta. And, All right. Uh, well, our next issue is rad. I don't want to uh, spoil anything, but it's really um, we're we're kind of doing in the coronavirus and um, shelter in place. It's been really a challenge to cover. You know, we want to do a lot of arts coverage um, up and down the West Coast, and it's been a challenge to send reporters and photographers places and to do interviews. And so we've kind of rallied around doing themed issues. The one that's been out for the past few months is, it's a quarterly magazine, so the one that's been out for the past few months is all science fiction um, with California and West Coast based science fiction writers of all. Charlie Jane Anders, everyone from oh, Charlie Jane Anders, who's the so coolest. Great. Well, I, I recommend it. It comes quarterly, so you kind of forget about it, and then it's there, and it's like, oh, I've got this great magazine. It looks great on a coffee table, or anyway. Alta, great Thanks, work. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Beth Spotswood. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guests, Jason Snell and Beth Spotswood. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 